Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello, and with us today, we have from the Hungry Gamers podcast, Brendan White. It is a pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, do you want to just tell our audience a little bit about Hungry Gamers and what you do over there? Yeah, sure, sure. So I am one of the hosts of the Hungry Gamers podcast. It's a weekly sort of infotainment banter rich uh, podcast that drops every Monday on all your podcast hubs of choice. And uh, we're sort of part of an umbrella called 8Bit, so 8Bit.net, but that's A-T-E-B-I-T. A lot of gaming info, news, reviews, general banter, all that fun hysteria. It's sort of like a fun house light, I guess, is how you could sort of compare us in, in that sort of wheelhouse. But um. Yeah, we're just just having fun, just like you guys. Yep. No, it's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll we'll just get right into it then. Uh, so, for those who are just joining us, uh, we are about to play a game called Click Pitch. Uh, we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, we're going to click, get a new word, and use those prompts to come up with a game idea. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes we actually come up with some really cool ideas. So, we'll see how it goes. Trevor, do you want to do the honours? Yes. Here we go. Three, two, one. Click. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to go first, Brendan? Vegetation. All right. I got Hangover. And oh. I've got Ringer. Ringer. W-R-I-N-G-E-R. That, that's, a, that's a nightmare of a combination. Okay, so so it's a movie tie-in. Oh, Trevor's got something. It's a movie tie-in. <laughs> it's a movie tie-in, but it's a it's a ex- extension of the Hangover trilogy to a Hangover quadrilogy, and this time it's based in like the jungle. So there's your vegetation. Okay, okay, okay. I can feel. So this. they all all right. So that so what uh, are we thinking? Point click adventure. How does this? How do we? St- I'm, t- I'm sort of p- picturing the opening scene where they all wake up and they're just in the fucking middle of the jungle. Uh, but how how is this playing out as a game? It c- it could be some form of um, maybe open world sort of MMO. Uh, I'm just picturing bright, vibrant colors, like in sort of a, like a WoW forest, but in jungle form. Just a lot mm-hmm. of drunken, hungover characters and NPCs stumbling around, not knowing where they were from the night before and how they got here. So everybody's hungover. Everybody, everybody, and and the aim of the game is obviously to find out the cause of said hangover, and uh, <laughs> see and retrace your footsteps from the night before, and how you ended up in in some random jungle. Yeah, that <laughs> that's that's definitely different to how I, to how I was going. I was going for more of a Lost Vikings sort of sort of um, feel. But in in a three D space as well. But no, I really like the idea of a of an MMO um, hangover. Well, yeah, I love this. I love this idea of it as an MMO where every yeah every <laughs> nobody yeah. has a memory of the night before. So is it that there's one sort of overarching story and everybody's trying to piece it together, or does everyone have their own sort of little uh, little story of how they got there? I, I think there could be little stories dependent on the race um, or the class you might play, but um, maybe it could overlap into one giant party or something the night before, you know, the, the party to end all parties and and everyone's trying to work out what exactly happened. And A, how they got into the country 
and <laughs> be where Ringer comes into it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that, that word. So you could go multiple ways with this because obviously Hangover is a comedy, but I'm kind of getting vibes of something like Lost or that show Flash Forward where like, you know, those the, the, there was that period where every TV show had to have a mystery that was going to be resolved after six seasons. Yes, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, kind of building up, and and as you as you quest through, uh, and and I like I like it being a server wide thing or something. So it's it's everybody sort of working t- towards revealing um, the same story, um, or or the one sort of origin to find out why everyone's there. Well, maybe t- as you're going around the island, it's kind of like you you mentioned Lost. It's it's kind of like you get to a certain point, and then you have a flashback, and it's randomly chosen from a from a mm. a group of different flashbacks depending on what your what your character is and maybe as you said you know there could be um there could be lots of different races and that sort of stuff maybe based on your race and your your gender you've got a a series of flashbacks that you've you've got to find out where those flashbacks are but there's enough flashbacks to go over like six series or something like that exactly you just gradually follow the breadcrumbs to uh where, where the night began and um, how it ended up being the day after in that in that fabled jungle. So the gameplay on a sort of, you know, hour by hour basis, is it just sort of survival? I, I like I like the idea of doing sort of the survival elements where you, you simplify it to the point where, you know, you're actively seeking out Nurofen or Paracetamol and Gatorade <laughs> to sort of, you know, stay alive out on this in this harsh environment because you're just so hungover. Or even the hair of the dog that bit you. Exactly. So, so once you work out, or maybe maybe there's a way for you to actually find different alcohols and find out which one, you know, was was the cause of your hangover, and that's like <laughs> that. Ty- a, a way, I think a that way ties of actually getting. Yeah, well, I like nicely. the idea of crafting, except it's just all different types of booze. <laughs> You're just making cocktails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you try it and and see what what sort of effect you get, and if you get the right if you get the right cocktail, well, bang, there's there's your memory from the night before, and and maybe there's like a, a little scene in there. There's a hidden recipe that uh, brings on the flashbacks to to move the story forward. <laughs> <laughs> most definitely, most. It's different definitely. for every person, though. Clearly, the enemies you'd be battling would be sort of like straight-edged sort of people from society, or like AA managers and things like that. It could be could be some harsh <laughs> battles. It, it could it could even be like loud noises. Oh so yeah, like um, dogs barking. You you yeah. you're, walk, you're walking through the jungle and and you hear you know um, an ape going going absolutely crazy. Uh, well, maybe going ape shit. Um, so you've got to try and work out how to silence the ape. So yeah. there, there could be a little puzzle puzzle in there, and they're, they're sort of like your foes. You're not Except doing you can't melee just, combat. You can't or... just shoot it because like they're endangered, and also apes would rip your face off. So, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But unless you find that special cocktail, which, um, <laughs> you know, say say you're the, the Mexican class, and you find something with like um, tequila shooters in it, and you sort of get this big buff, and then you can sort of take down that ape. <laughs> oh, God. It could get pretty could get pretty dicey though with the racial sort of um you know nods there if you know, Russians like the vodka and stuff it could yeah know, could, could get a bit of backlash you'd have to be careful for sure mm. well well so so then should we go um whether you're a hipster or a or a hippie or yeah um, maybe it's a bit and more just just choose like 
you know, rather than races, but classes. Maybe we should just <laughs> stick with the standards. Orc, elf, human. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that too. But then I'm like, do you really want, like, a no blood ale or whatever the hell orcs drink? <laughs> no, they're still just drinking vodka. That's the, only, it's, the rest is still all real world. It's just they happen to be That's orc. it, yeah. They're on vodka <laughs> and gin and the like, you know, Jaeger bombs yeah. and things. Yeah. In, fa- in fact, you... You know what it could actually be? <laughs> it could be f- from Star Trek. So you got Vulcans, you got Klingons, you got um. Oh, there you go. And then you got humans, and the humans all like Earl Grey tea, and <laughs> you know, the the Romulans like. You have to find a way to make it like hot. Romulan wine or whatever it is, and and the Klingons like uh, what do they have? I couldn't tell you. I'm, no. I'm more of a, a Wars fan than a Trek fan. I'm afraid oh. to say. Get out. Okay, I'll say oh, that. I like both. <laughs> so the the other thing I was gonna gonna say is that there's actually a secret second layer in which you your character drinks so much in the game, like in the in the Hangover universe, that you you make it down into like a second level of of the like game where exception. like maybe you're underground this time. Oh, like drunken underworld sort of. Yeah, so you got so drunk in the game that you actually blacked out, and now you got to try and get flashbacks as to what you did back up on mm. up, up <laughs> I, on the I second like world that. that gets you flashbacks into the first world. So it's kind of reminds me. Remember the the Legacy of Khan series, Soul Reaver, and things like that, where yes. you could sort of tra- transport like, between the two worlds. I li- yeah. yeah, but you have to do it just by drinking a whole bottle of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a little while. There's vomiting involved. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's relatable. I, I think yeah. this game could move units. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Click. Root. Celery. <laughs> Snarl. Snarl? It's in Snarl. R-L. Okay. Yes. And yours was root, was it? Mine was root. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, take that as we will. So, maybe this is a... And we had vegetation before, but maybe this is like a vegetation-based fighter, like where you're, t- you're taking on different vegetables. I like that concept. <laughs> yeah, so snarl, you know, they're, they're vicious. One of them is celery. I'm trying to think, is celery going to be one of your early sort of uh, op- opponents, or is that like late game kind of? <laughs> I, I, I think Brussels sprouts probably has to be one of the end bosses, because I hate it with a passion, yeah, and big, no, yep. it would be a fierce battle. Definitely. So, are you maybe root vegetables going against your leafy brethren? Oh, <laughs> I, I, yes. I love where this is going. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. So, you play hmm, as what, like a yam? A yam or <laughs> I love um, you went a parsnip yam. or... <laughs> I was going to go turnip, but um, I like yam. I like the yam. I think yam could be a, a, an underdog sort of story. You know, no one no one respects the yam. <laughs> only, only at Thanksgiving and... and- we don't even have that in Australia, so... No. So maybe... Okay. Picture this. It's it's a world many, many, many years in the future. And there's been some aliens that have come, come, to, the, um, come to the world. Human civilization is all gone. And they happen to put down, like, some sort of gas that turns all the leafy vegetables into snarling, angry, rabid... Well, animals, 
And all the root vegetables, because they were underground, they actually kept some sort of sanity, but they still became, <laughs> um, still became sentient. And it's basically almost like a golden axe style game. Oh, okay. You, yeah. Where, like a side scrolling beat em up sort of thing. Where maybe, um, the leafy vegetables have captured all the potatoes in the world. Mm. And you, as one of the other root vegetables, have to go and, and save, save said potatoes. Trevor, that is a rich law that you've come up with. For the basis I'm, I'm of I'm immediately this game. intrigued by this. For some reason, that the title of this game, Superfood, seems to uh, to stand, <laughs> stand out pretty well at the moment. Working title. Yep. yep. Kale is is one of the mini bosses. Where where the lolly yam trying to fight their way through this scorched earth, plowing through kale and uh, spinach and I'm trying Bop to think. Oh, see, I. I can I can respect bok choy. Can we have sort of like a a turncoat bok choy that sort of was only half exposed, and he sort of guides us through? Yes. Oh, I love it. And yep. I mean, you could even have apple trees and all these sort of things that are you've got to go up against. And I'm thinking maybe as you're going along, oh, I'm trying to think of the game that that you could find other team members along the way that was kind of like a, a beat-em-up sort of game. Anyway, you can find, oh. like, your beetroot character, and you can mm. find... Then you can swap them in and out. Maybe your turnip is one of the last ones that you sort of find. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've all got your different, carrot and your parsnip different and stats, you can... different moves. I, I think we may need to have sort of, like, our, our Yoda or Guidance character be a Twinkie, because you know it's going to survive everything. It is just this all-seeing god that sort of guides the way and, and trains you in the art of uh, of sort of uh, combat and survival out in, this, yeah. in these bad lands. And they're neutral because okay, they have so, no plant matter in them whatsoever. Exactly, exactly. So, I, I love this idea. So, so you actually, you know, all human civilization was, was destroyed, but for some reason there's like still power being generated probably because these future humans had really really good renewable energy sources yes and they didn't actually hopefully not like biofuel because then uh these vegetables might be pissed off no no i'm thinking like solar power and that sort of stuff so you find this twinkie in this old abandoned shack and you go in there and he teaches you kung fu moves by putting like some <laughs> movie on a blu-ray player and just playing it okay. on the big screen tv <laughs> and, and so I can I can just imagine you know this sentient Twinkie walking over and pressing play on the on like the remote control or something like that and that doesn't work because the batteries are all okay. dead so he goes over You're and very detailed it on, the, on the physical <laughs> machine planned out in your head I like it yeah oh yeah mm. and so um one one of the bad guys has got to be Bruce Leak Oh, I, I love what you did there that, that's that's fantastic that's one of your that's one of your better puns Ben. I'll give you that. I was going to try to come up with more, but I'm actually not that good a punster. I do. I just sit on Google and go through a bunch of different vegetables. <laughs> See, I've been holding off googling anything as we go here. I've just been trying to think off off the top of my head, but yeah, oh, that's leaf, the best leafy way vegetables <laughs> is just certainly not my forte. Well, you you said kale before, and then you've got lettuce and cabbage, and maybe you can even go for something like. I know it's not really a leafy vegetable, but you can go for something like pumpkin because it was above the um above the ground at the time. That's true. yeah. I guess that's I guess true. that's is that how we go? Maybe the pumpkins because they sort of got thick skins or something. They're certainly the tanky like characters. Mm. Or may, maybe they just become vehicles. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Big, hollow them out and 
big vessels. Yeah, <laughs> but they but they're sentient, but they until they get hollowed out. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really really horrifying what these what these <laughs> vegetables are doing to these pumpkins, and and they've just got this screaming face plastered on them at all times as they're like driving around. <laughs> <laughs> I was so play this game. Are you are you guys picturing like a a castle crashes slash golden axe? You know, two two point five D. Yeah, I, I, I could I could definitely see multiplayer adding to the the sort of uh, vegetable based hijinks. You know, where where we are yams and and potatoes and and all those boring underground veggies coming out to uh, seek retribution for our stolen spud brothers. Can <laughs> <laughs> can have like special moves. Uh, between characters that are based on how well they go together in a stew. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> and maybe even based on the colour profile and that sort of stuff, so... Oh, there's a lot there, yeah. You know, your parsnip and your, parsnip and your, and your um, turnip aren't going to go together well because they're the same colour. Mm. Whereas, you know, you, you your beetroot and, you your, and your potato in there turnip may actually go really well together. And- yeah. I, I can certainly see some puzzle elements coming in too where... Um, maybe you need to sort of uh, cut or um, put yourself through a certain grinder to, to make a shape, like a la Snipper Clips, where you've got to, you know, turn your potatoes into fries or waffle fries or mash, or you can sort of ch- change forms on the fly potentially. Like That's a polymorphic great. vegetable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then you got basically all these like um, French fry minions that they can sort of go out and, and destroy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would, all I'd be vegetables. all over that. Maybe you're playing, you know, there are a lot of vegetables in the world, so maybe you're not p- playing one particular potato. Um, it, it, you've got sort of a mass of potatoes, you're playing one at any time, and all your special moves are just, yeah, turning yourself into different forms of, you know, fries or mashed potato. <laughs> or So, yeah, one of the moves is, you know, you mash yourself through a, 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 you know, one of those fry-making things, and then you do just... You've got it. That's that's your special move where they just swarm the other players and just uh, beat the shit out of them. Death by a thousand crinkle cuts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, and then another potato just jumps up behind, and and now they're next. So, oh, that's awesome. I really want to play that. We need to find this on Kickstarter right now. <laughs> Definitely. What do you What do you reckon? We need about five hundred thousand dollars to make this. Oh, it depends. Are we, are we going like full? Th- is, is it sort of two point five D, like three three D in a two D plane? In two D plane? Oh no, I think it's all hand drawn like animation, based. so it's yeah. a little bit, little bit harder. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know who we need to pitch this to. I don't know if we could get like McCain or Ingemon as a major sponsor <laughs> and, and sort of you know front load this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it branded. Uh, why wouldn't you? Mm. Do we have a name for it? Did we come up with a name in there? I know that you came up with superfoods, but what about starch wars? Ooh, okay. <laughs> I, I think good. we're onto something here. That that could That's then lead to a sequel in space. Find out why the aliens came here to do this to these vegetables, and yeah, exactly. I like this. <laughs> okay, let's click again. <laughs> All right, that was awesome. Three, two, one. Click. Forgetfulness. Emissary. Cutting. So, a forgetful messenger that cuts himself or something. Mm, okay. <laughs> I, I could see this. I could see this as like an old school paperboy in the Roman era. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> where where he's running around delivering the the messages from these uh higher up Romans, but um he's forever forgetting. Maybe he's got I don't know on early onset dementia or you know had a had a traumatic head injury fighting in the gladiator tournament and. Uh, <laughs> He's forever cutting it fine to deliver these key messages or the news to uh, the clientele. So it's a race against time to deliver those big stone tablets or whatever he's carrying around <laughs> with the news on. Well, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I was thinking maybe that back in that day they just they didn't have very good paper, so you'd get a lot of paper cuts um, Ooh, from those scrolls yeah. or something. You know, you pull those scrolls open and just ah. Mm. No, I I like the idea of of that paperboy style thing, but you're on like a fucking chariot. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> Just like throwing scrolls out the side. Or yeah, giant tablets, depending on how far back you go in history and how accurate our history knowledge is, which is mm. not very... Uh, yeah, so I was just going... It's just full-on paperboy. You're kind of going up up the screen slightly diagonally. How did that work? You're sort of yeah, slightly it out diagonally side. and... Yeah, throwing it out one side, you had to throw it out and hit certain spots. <laughs> or do we bring yeah. it sort of into the modern era and remember like a game like Crazy Taxi where it's sort of that third person uh, behind yeah. the vehicle view. And, and like sort Roman of- Crazy Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> if you go the wrong yeah, way, yeah, you like, yeah, take- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same soundtrack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, awesome. Just, yeah, lots of- uh, Just the offspring. offspring. <laughs> just, it's just the offspring. I would not uh, complain about that. <laughs> Pretty fly for a Roman guy. Uh, I, but I, I, you just take a jump and you end up the, in a in a mini game, which is a gladiator tournament. You have to fight your way out before you can deliver the next message. Mm. I don't know. You have to fight Asterix. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know much about. Oh, that. and and Oblix. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like a. That- <laughs> that's like an Easter egg or something. Or maybe we'll just it's a get every Easter yeah. egg. We'll get like Maximus from the Ridley Scott Gladiator film. You know, I'll have yep. Russell Crowe roaming around as a playable character, roaming around. I'm trying to think of any other Roman films now. I, my knowledge is very minimal on this. Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, that was different. Three hundred was just something different, wasn't it? Spartans. Oh, we 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 could put Leonidas in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I like this idea though. So, is it? Yeah, so you're delivering things, I guess, or maybe we mix it up and you do have some sort of taxi-ish missions, bring in some some chariot racing. What was that movie with the chariots and the racing? Ben-Hur. Uh, Ben-Hur. It's Ben-Hur, yeah, there you go. I, I could see that. I could see that. And that way you can sort of get all these various clientele. You can get the gladiators on their way to the Coliseum, the the people that work at the bathhouses. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Caesar's late to a, I don't know, a big public stoning or something. I don't know. <laughs> Got to make sure he keeps <laughs> his thumbs. Yeah. I like it. Do we have anything else or should we move on to something else? I think we should move on to one more. All right. All right. Let's, let's click again. Okay. Three, two, one, click. Robbery. Battery. Airplane. Ooh. Okay. So battery could be to batter someone <laughs> or it could be <laughs> to do with electricity. Um, I kind of like the idea and I came up with this before you said airplane, so I'm not sure how it will work in, uh, but where you're some sort of robot and you have to do a robbery, but you've got a certain, like limited battery power. Ooh, uh, okay. So it brings yeah. in elements of 
speed, so you've got to be hasty, uh, or if you are running low, you have to like find a PowerPoint and charge yourself up. And you, but you know, you've got to make sure you're not seen. Don't know where airplane comes in unless you're like doing some sort of airplane heist. But that really takes away from how you could lay out a nice, you know, heist map. Mm. Yeah, the plane, the plane sort of throws a big wrinkle into this. Maybe the airplane is is actually a drone, so it's sort of it's sort of flying around over the top and trying to actually you know map the area and try to trying to see if if there's any sort well, of maybe it's one, of, going it's one on of the tools you've got like at that. your disposal during the heist. You can like hide in a corner, maybe while you're charging, uh, but you know your head can turn into a, a little drone that takes off and, and flies around and you you know but it but it makes a bit of noise so you've got to be careful but you can scout out mm. a bit while you're charging up i just i just feel like this is lending itself very much to sound wave from the transformers and that drone is actually one of his tapes that shoots out <laughs> while he's charging and it can scout around <laughs> well, yeah we can do transformer uh what 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 that sounds like is that you're actually trying to do a good transformers game <laughs> hey, there is a couple of them that exist. War on Cybertron's actually pretty good. I know. I'm just, but I get just exactly where you're really bad from. ones. <laughs> so play, playing the Decepticons, well, in particular, you're playing um, Soundwave, but he's been damaged, so he keeps on turning into radio mode and having to plug himself into the um, into powerpoints in order to to keep going to keep going mm. through through this heist. Or he needs to find, like, 12 deep-sized batteries because, <laughs> yep. you know, that's what would take it to power a big big boombox. Oh, God, I love the animation of him just, like, <laughs> shitting out all his old batteries and having to shove them back up inside himself. No. <laughs> With just weird sounds <laughs> accompanying yeah. it for both ways. Yeah. <laughs> just tumble oh, out. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so what do you, what do you, if we're going with this sort of Transformers property, what are you trying to steal? What are you, what are you robbing? Or is it, is it just enough that they're Decepticons? I don't actually know that much about Transformers. Do they just steal shit for the fun of it? Yeah, they're, they're forever at war with the Autobots. Um, yeah, it depends. Like, um, Cy- Cybertron is sort of their home base. Maybe he's trying to steal or, or generate enough power to, to get everyone back to Cybertron because they're all grounded here on Earth. Maybe it's a it's a race to oh. race to Cybertron. Well, that's an, that's an interesting sort of mechanic there. If if what you're trying to steal is also battery power of some kind, then you know the more you use throughout each each robbery, the less you get overall. Uh, so there's sort of um, you know, there's there's a drive there to be really efficient about how you you make make it through any particular heist. Mm. Do we bring in any other transformers then? We've, we've sort of used this as a kicking off point. Maybe there are different levels where different Decepticon skills can be used. Maybe you can either switch between them or just each each level you, you get to play a different a different one. Yeah, I guess with the airplane thing, you could then, yeah, switch to sort of Starscream, who's sort of the fighter jet that sort of zim, zims around the game. He, he's sort of the, the whipping boy of Megatron the entire series, though. So yeah. um, he's the comic relief slash airplane element of this, of this title, yep. potentially. Yep, yep. You could bring that in for sure. If if we're going if we're going Transformers, are we going like the typical nineteen eighties cartoon version where Megatron is a gun? I, I think so. I th- I think that's still probably the best Megatron, especially in the new films. He's so punty in the new films. <laughs> and it's like you're never a vehicle. Mm. You are a gun. <laughs> it was the stupidest. <laughs> 
thing I've yeah. ever seen. It really made no sense. Like, obviously, he transforms into a gun. You just stand behind him. It's like, what are you going to do now, mate? You, you got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, he needs to... So, if you're playing... Would you play as Megatron and he needs to find power to... I mean, I, this is... I, I don't Again, I don't, I don't know that much about it. But the idea of having to to use these bat this battery power in some way, and it doesn't necessarily all have to be D batteries like for for the boombox, but yeah, powering yourself up in some way to use your skills. I think so. I think so. Mm. So given that he's a gun, maybe he's looking for bullets, and um, I'm thinking Starscream might be just looking for jet fuel. Mm. Okay, so, so they're, just- they're your three different power sources that they're looking for. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, and you could, so you could. I mean, it lets you split it up into very different gameplay elements. Your your boombox guy is running around small in, inside buildings and things, a very stealthy sort of thing. Starscream is maybe it's it's full on air combat, but you can switch. You know, that's a bit more traditional Transformers game, I guess. You can switch to your robot self and and fight on the ground, or you can fly around. Mm-hmm. And I guess Megatron just shoots shit. <laughs> It, yeah. And is literally a massive gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can picture sort of like afterburner graphics, especially in the in sort of the um, plane scenes when you Starscream zipping around. Oh, yeah, that very behind behind the back afterburner retro style. Yep. yep. Especially if we're going with the eighties Transformers. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know how the the stealth sort of things would work graphically. Mm. Yeah, we've sort of melded three games together here. I know, <laughs> I know, because that's just that's what developers love is to make three games in one. Mm. <laughs> hey, but Di- Die Hard made it work back on the PlayStation. We can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, the the idea is there. That's that's all we're here for. Maybe we'll just hand it off to the devs now. Make it fun, and we'll move on. I think it's about time to head into the eye of the storm. Yes, it is. So, if you want to find us online, uh, we are BitStormCast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we love any comments, any ideas from today's prompts that you think we might have missed out on that we didn't think of. Let us know in the, let, let us know in the comments there, and uh, yeah, we just we love we love to hear what other people uh, would come up with. Except no negativity towards me, please. <laughs> oh hell no! It, it'll all be negative towards us. We are on iTunes. If you could please go subscribe to our podcast there, and I think we've got a little little bit of a, a challenge for everyone this week. If you can all go out and rate and review our podcast, that would be fantastic. That'd be really nice. Yeah, We only Thanks, have one, one review and rating on iTunes at the moment, so everyone go out, rate, review, and while you're there, subscribe. Uh, yeah, and after you've done that... Uh, you can find our website at bitstormcast.com. We've got all our episodes there. Uh, and you can subscribe from there as well. Uh, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the track Mount Defiance, which you can hear at the start and and underneath the Eye of the Storm. Yeah, we'd like to just put out a quick plug for Zencaster, the recording software you use, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. We'd definitely like to plug the AGPN, of which, Brendan, you're also a member of, I believe. I am a indeed a card-carrying member of the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. It is a fantastic little place. Check it out on yeah, Facebook and Twitter. Um, so just search for the hashtag AGPN on Twitter or look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Find a whole heap of good podcasts there. Mm. But yeah, in, in all honesty, guys, do take the time to, to rate and review this podcast because that is, that is you know, speaking from a podcaster's 
uh, perspective. It is our lifeblood. Keeps us tracking, keeps us relevant, keeps us confident. So, yeah. Absolutely. Take that challenge on board. Get them ratings. Get them reviews. While you're at it, review the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're on iTunes. We're literally on every podcast hub there is in existence. So you'll find us everywhere. Uh, you can find us as a whole at We Are 8 Bit on all the socials and me at Brendan 8 Bit. Yep. Awesome. All right. Let's get back into it. Three, two, one. Look. Outcast. Dinosaur. Fair. This is the best game already, already. Fair, but F A R E. Okay, so it's Crazy Taxi, you're a dinosaur. (laughs) We've already done a Crazy Taxi. I'm thinking trains. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dinosaur train. Dinosaur train, yeah. Brendan won't know dinosaur train because he doesn't have kids, but that's a thing. Nah, I don't know that, but anything with dinosaurs, I'm usually very pro towards, so I I, I will approve. (laughs) What was yours again? Brendan, sorry, I, 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 I had outcast. 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 All right. So, and we had fair, like F A R E, right? Yeah. As in pay affair. Okay. Yeah. Fair evading. You played um, a transit cop who happens to be a stegosaurus. <laughs> 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 but you've been outcast. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Is that because your plates are actually made of ceramic instead of actually real dinosaur and they break all the time? Yeah, they're just, you're just very fragile. <laughs> the dinosaurs wouldn't let you play all their dinosaur games, so you had to retreat to the human world and uh, become a, a ticket taker. Okay, so, so a real reason as to why his plates are so fragile, his lactose intolerance, so therefore he doesn't have enough calcium. Genius. And, yep. and therefore his... his his plates are just like chalk. Yeah, you because know, yeah. he's got osteoporosis or whatever. <laughs> it's poor Stegosaurus. <laughs> what sort of dinosaur is in osteoporosis? Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> I think that's in the new Lost, uh, new Jurassic Park film. <laughs> <laughs> Come and see the magnificent osteoporosis. <laughs> His plates have turned to chalk. <laughs> Chalky, chalky plates. So, all right, so gameplay. If we're going with this general concept, yeah, where does the gameplay come in, I guess? Okay, so you are a public transport officer, Mm -hmm. and you've got to catch the fare evaders. Okay, it's all about catching fare evaders. Okay. Okay, so so are you sort of of like on a a train line, and you're sort of hopping on to to check tickets, or people running through, or are you stuck in a booth, or... I I think you're, you're one of those... Public transport officers, Wandering. plain clothes, public transport officer. Mm. You're plain clothes, but you're a stegosaurus, so everyone yes. knows who you are. In, um, the, in the human world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think it's all, I think everyone else are humans. Mm. Yeah, but you're anthropomorphic and you're not as massive. You just, no. you can stand upright, you just happen to have, like, plates <clears> down, <throat> down your Yeah, back. you just have to, like, slice um, holes, in, it's like slits in the back of your uniform. Yeah. Yep. And you've got yeah. a spike tail. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm thinking. Obviously, your weak point is your your plates. Uh, what's it called? The your plates. The your chalky plates. plates. Yep. Your plates. Chalky plates. <laughs> so you always have to be facing towards your pel- your um, fair evader. Okay. Is you it can't, com- you is can't it combat? ever turn your back on it. Yeah, I'm thinking that there's going to be some parts. Some parts like investigation, you're trying to figure out which of the shifty people 
you know, are actually the fair evaders and don't want their ticket their ticket checked. Ooh. Um, I could I could see like um remember in LA Noir how you sort of do oh, the yeah. you read the facial animations and you sort of lead them in questioning to to work out if they're the suspect or <laughs> Yeah, I love the idea of sort of just strolling slowly down the aisle of a train and you just have to watch everybody's faces and see yeah. who of them looks slightly nervous and don't want to catch your yeah. eye. Got dinosaur but Terminator that, vision. Be, because, because you are a dinosaur, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> kind of <laughs> nervous <laughs> around you. <laughs> yeah, you can't win the game. Like, you literally cannot win. <laughs> it, it's literally just luck and you you thought that there was some some sort of some sort of change in their faces. Like, no, they would, they just thought that you, you're weird because you're a dinosaur. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of picturing almost a little bit of um, like a papers, please vibe where you have these little conversations with people and you've sort of got decisions you can make as to whether you, I mean, I guess all you can do is, is check their ticket and either they have one or they don't, but maybe they try to convince you that, you know, oh, the, the touch on didn't work or, uh, you know, I left my wallet in my other pants, and you get to decide what to do with them. Mm. Or someone stole, someone stole my wallet. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes they're just absolutely bullshitting, and sometimes they might be telling the truth. And then you get a whole scene where you have to like, they point out the person who's stolen, and you got to chase him down. What, what's what's the end game? How do how do you win this game? Is what I'm trying to work out. How do you how do you complete this? Well, unfortunately, in life, you don't win. <laughs> there are just, there's just a constant string of fair evaders. Whatever. We should just be paying for it all with our taxes anyway. Forget. <laughs> so I was thinking it could almost be he was like a, disgr- a disgruntled detective and then he had to, then he like gets shunned from the force and then joins this and, you know, maybe he works his way up to get back into the police force. Maybe that's the end goal to, to sort of relive that former glory. Oh yeah, and and so how he gets back on is he finds out that like there's there's other outcast dinosaurs in the in the world, and there's like one of them gets murdered, so he has like this whole this whole story to to find out who murdered this um other outcast dinosaur. So now we're getting somewhere. We're definitely going to cut like the first five minutes of this one where we're just trying to figure out how to make <laughs> catching fair evaders fun. <laughs> Let's just use it as jumping off point to a grander story. Yeah, I like this idea of there of you finding other outcast dinosaurs uh, in in your world. Yeah, that makes it a lot more fun. You, you, your day to day is, you know, patrolling stations and trains, but as that goes on, you start you start to uncover this this murder plot. Mm. You talk to other outcast dinosaurs. There's something there's something going on with the dinosaurs. You know. Yeah, more and more of them are starting to come into this Earth realm with. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You start seeing more and more of them. It could almost then tie into um, remember like in District Nine when um, obviously they all get sort of outcast into into that area in Johannesburg, and there's just yep. this weird alien race that the humans don't want anything to deal with, and they're scum, and you know that can tie oh, into yeah, this you dinosaur. Could, you could definitely build some really interesting subtext around racism and and discrimination and stuff in there too. But I think if you're really, really shit at the fair evading game, you don't get to find any of this out. <laughs> yeah, you just keep working that job until you die yeah. from yeah. I don't know so chalk extinction. Just... <laughs> you, you get to the, the end of the thirty in, in-game days or whatever nothing. it is. Um, thirty in-game days, and 
it just says, okay, that's the end of the game. And it's like, you what? got, you got, you got, but fired. nothing happened. Yeah. Or, or is it just like mini asteroids come down and individually target the failing dinosaur? So you just get killed by this one little mini big bang. <laughs> I love that. Just targeted asteroids. Just- that, that's actually the whole plot in general is that the, as the original asteroid was sent by some alien race. And now mm. they're trying to take out the surviving dinosaurs who managed to make their way to this Earth. It's right. them damn dinosaurs from Star... I mean, the aliens <laughs> from Star Wars. We've got a crossover <laughs> series now. <laughs> Emperor Kale sending down the asteroids. <laughs> More? Yep. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> Disintegration. Designer. Nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, no, this is easy. Mad scientist who's designed a disintegration gun that turns people into nutmeg. They just d- disintegrate. There's the game. It. Yeah. And and that's it. It's just an open world. Turn everything into nutmeg. Yeah. It's literally just, just let's just rip off the game, destroy all humans and just reskin it with this mad scientist. And he just <laughs> kills everybody with this nutmeg gun. Yep. Okay. Yep. So who do you implement play? Some, in some, implement some really impressive particle physics, you know? Yeah. Who do you play? Uh, I mean, do you, I don't know. Maybe you don't play the mad scientist. Maybe you play um, someone who's like stolen the weapon from him. This nutmeg gun. Mm. Well, I'm. I, I think the first half of the game has to be you're going up against. Yeah. The mad scientist with the nutmeg gun, and maybe you get it. Maybe later you on. were like the mad scientist was your protege, or and and you sort of he stole your ideas, and now he's trying to make it for evil because you're making this nutmeg gun that was gonna. Eliminate the drastic global nutmeg shortage and um, <laughs> then he sort of rebuilt it to actually destroy people instead of just creating the nutmeg. Yeah, so originally it would just take like resources from the air to generate a small, a small amount of nutmeg, but he's like souped it up so that it just, yeah, disintegrates people and objects and turns them into large amounts of nutmeg. He thought he was doing good, mm. but, uh, but you're not, you, you think that's, Ethically, uh, not so good. I'm trying to... What's nutmeg even used in? I'm trying to think of something I've eaten in the last 10 years with nutmeg in it. What? Yeah. um, What I normally use it in is, like, if I make porridge or something like that, I'll use a bit of cinnamon and nutmeg. But uh, so that made me think, maybe your original vision for this was that you wanted a cinnamon gun. Okay. And your protege took your idea and made it into your most hated spice, a nutmeg, nutmeg. gun. <laughs> and so, so therefore- That's your motivation. That's your motivation. That you, so you don't want take more, it and- You don't want more nutmeg in the world, you want less. So that's why you're trying to destroy this weapon. Wait, but aren't you using the weapon as part of the gameplay or no? Oh, I'm thinking maybe you've got, you've got the early prototype, which is the cinnamon gun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roaring, roaring, uh, warring spices. Pretty I think much. it should be like turmeric or something, so we've got a nice colour mix. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to put that on your porridge. That'd be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, well, no, maybe it's maybe it's about like like uh, savoury dishes versus sweet dishes or something. I, like, I, I can vouch for that right now because I'm looking at about 100 different nutmeg-based recipes and they're... <laughs> It's surprisingly used in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I guess it's just the standard sort of action 
third-person shooter or something at that point? Or do we try to find something a bit deeper here? Do you have to use these spices for some, like, gameplay purpose? Do you, to do make you ha- food do you have taste to good. use it to create um, <laughs> sort of food to, to replenish your health as you go? Like, you get, you get to cooking stations and you sort of got to sprinkle a little bit of nutmeg in it, then it's be like a little cooking mama <laughs> mini game in there or something and Yeah. Yeah. You've got to bang out <laughs> gotta bang out some banana chocolate chip cookies or maybe some <laughs> baked stuff pumpkin muffins, apparently. Oh. Beautiful. <laughs> maybe that's the main thing. Maybe it's mostly a cooking game and just just when you run out of spices, you just go and kill people and turn them into <laughs> you just nutmeg. Turn them into cinnamon nutmeg. It's like sorry Sorry, but this wild persimmon jam is not going to make itself. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm now imagining as like a, a Grand Theft Auto clone. Um, you can pull up your mobile phone. You just go nine one one. The police come to your door. You shoot them with a nutmeg gun. Bang! You got more nutmeg for you. For you. Just bring it right to you. It's like it can't, home be that, it can't be that easy. I'm picturing like someone in a chef's hat, just like running around. Blasting people with his nutmeg gun and yeah, just some psychotic guy like in postal or something, and he's just out there just causing havoc. Yeah, laughing maniacally. Mm. It's just this like tornado of different spices whirls Mm. around him. (laughs) He's got the papaya chutney rage. That 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 is so the box art. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure we can get much more out of spice guns. No. <laughs> Surprised we got that much. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Rolling. Raven. Adornment. Oh no. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible set of words. Alright, let's let's give it a go though. Rolling, raven, and adornment. So there's some so adornment means that makes me think there's some sort of costuming aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some sort of character customization where you've got lots of, lots of bling. Yeah, yeah, accessories and such. Uh, Raven. So, is it is it bird based or I mean, or at least it it actually makes me think of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, so okay, yes. yeah, yeah. You got that sort of horror aspect of. You just we just we can just take the um the time period there's and there's and not enough the- character customization in horror games. That's true. <laughs> or is it the serial killer adorns his victims with parts of previous bodies that he killed or something? I'm, oh, I don't God. know. Oh, Ooh. that just came <laughs> off the top of your head. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. whole thing's been a sting operation. We got you, Brendan. <laughs> <Damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> The accessory killer. Lucky I'm using Tunnel Bear to hide my location. <laughs> that sounds like it'd be a good game, Tunnel Bear. Mm. <laughs> no, so, all right, I like, let's take the horror aspect, the character customization. Now, where does rolling come into it? Well, it's just like Dark Souls, how you can roll around and, you know. It's, it's- just lots of rolling. <laughs> you went a lot nicer. I was going to say you only killed fat people. <laughs> um, I, I don't like either of those ideas. <laughs> well, no, just roll, rolling like Dark Souls doesn't work very well with the horror. Like that's kind of a ridiculous. I mean, I guess Dark Souls is kind of horror in a way, but yeah, it, there's that real r- ridiculousness of just rolling to get anywhere. 
Um, <laughs> rolling around a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think using a giant steamroller to run over people is too comical and would take the horror element away. <laughs> and it's too slow anyway. <laughs> that's that's true. Maybe he breaks all their bones so he can sort of roll them up into like this just ball of broken flesh. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. That's horrific. Just find these bodies that are just like turned into spheres. Well, I was thinking maybe he's turning like the bones and stuff into into like a flower and then you know making some bread rolls or something like that so, <laughs> so the, See, okay so we found two this, ways um, we found two ways to bring rolling in it one he takes yeah. their bones out and rolls their flesh into a blood ball and two he grinds grinds their bones into bread rolls so mm. what i'm thinking is in this horror game you play a a character who adorns himself with lots of lots of ornaments because he needs to he needs to set himself apart in this rather dreary you know 18th century or 17th century or whatever you want to call it um i don't know when Edgar Allan Poe was basically he's trying to set himself apart from all these other people and he's investigating this serial killer they call the baker mm. okay and go <laughs> okay, so so you play Edgar this Alan exuberant Go. detective trying to trying to track down the baker. Definitely played by Johnny Depp. Oh, does it have to be? Can it be? <laughs> can it be like older Johnny, like early work Johnny Depp? Not early. Weird, well, I think real life parody yeah. of himself, Johnny Depp. Hang on, you, who's been played by Johnny Depp? The um the baker. No, no, oh, I'm thinking no. He I'm, could play I, all the I roles. Just, I just immediately made me think of Johnny Depp when you talked of this like eccentric detective. With okay. his adornments. Mm. Okay. I, I it doesn't have to be. That was just my I, I kind of like the idea of the baker being Johnny Depp. All right. And well, let's, let's really, really switch creepy. it up. Let's switch it up then. Uh, so, who... How does how does the raven come into it? So, Edgar Allan Poe is... So, maybe... Is- do you play as Edgar Allan Poe and he's just taken up detective work? Just to sort of... Just for the fun of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. There's literally a movie that came out a few years ago with John Cusack, who was doing this almost exact thing word for word now. <laughs> Seriously? I think the movie's called right. Poe. It was called The Raven, I think. That's right. That's right. But yeah, similar thing where it, where he follows <laughs> I the, you were about the murders. To say it was called The Crow. I was like, no, that was Brendan Lee. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, well, we just ripped that off then. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you don't play as Edgar Allan Poe then. You play as a detective. I like I Who's- like the idea of ca- I like the idea of casting this. Maybe we're using um this real um uh what's that fucking game that's coming out? That does not Shit. narrow it down at Death all. Death Stranding. Death oh, like okay. this real Death Stranding technology of like we're using real actors in this game and it okay. just looks exactly like them. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking like with the Raven, like they've got really sharp features and dark hair, and I just keep looking at like thinking of like Willem Dafoe. He's got like a oh, bit of a Ravenesque nice. face, so his nickname is the Raven, and a smile that would give you nightmares. Okay, so the Raven is literally a person. Okay, so is that the, is that the person that you're playing as, or is that like an ex- an, an another character who kind of comes into play? Hmm. I don't mind if you played him, and I guess we could still tie it into you, you trying to hunt down the baker, and you know we can yeah. play off the, the the stuff that Trev said earlier as well. I think that could tie in yeah. still. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Willem Dafoe as the Raven. 
a an eccentric detective. Yeah, that worked. Like that would work really well. He's got his all his adornments <laughs> to bring that in, and uh, and he's hunting down the Raven. Uh, it's hunting down the Baker. I, I, I still I still think Johnny Depp could could work as the Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's Johnny Depp as the Baker. All right, let's cast one more person. You know, it's got to be like Helena Bonham Carter is the sidekick to the Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Burton the presents. baker and the pie maker. <laughs> now we're just ripping off Sweeney Todd. <laughs> He's a baker, not a butcher. No, not a not a damn barber. I should say. Well, they, well they, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. Mm. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe she, maybe she's the, she's the candlestick maker. Okay, <laughs> okay. Who's, who's well? Wait, it's, who's the butcher then? Is that another killer? Maybe these are three killers that you have to hunt down. Yep. The butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. The butcher is um John Goodman. <laughs> oh jeez. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Um, okay, so opening scene. In comes Willem Dafoe into this grisly murder murder scene where um you've got the signature items of um you know of, the, of all the three baker. killers. Oh, of, the all the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. And, right. you know, he's going through all his stuff and so, right at the wait, end wait. of the cuts. No, I want to know what these key things are. So, we 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 talked about the baker who takes out their bones, rolls their bodies up into a ball of flesh, and then makes, like, their bones into flesh to bake yep. something. What does the butcher do? He just, like, slices them up? You get steaks um, out of it? Well, well may- maybe the butcher takes the, take the bones out for the baker. Maybe he sort oh, of. Oh, uh, they all work together. Yeah, and and the, and candle the candlestick maker, maker like, literally makes fat. candles out of the fat. Okay, so it's yeah. more that they just they want to use every part of the victim. No wastage. No wastage. They want to make sure that everything's used, and and then they just present this romantic table with like candles, bread rolls, meat for the for the detective to, for the raven to find. They're, they're they're sort of like a combination of like Hannibal. You know, we, we can play on that Hannibal Lecter vibe now. Mm. And then you lift up the metal cover in the middle and there's just this guy's head with a yep. with an apple in his mouth. And then uh, <laughs> Willem Dafoe looks down at it and goes, Nevermore. <laughs> Brilliant. It Brilliant. took me ages to get there because you kept on bloody going... <clears throat> pulling no, me away from it. Really, sorry sorry about that. I'm 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 really big on tangents. <laughs> I like it. That that caps that off nicely. So yeah, um, I I really like the idea of having the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. We didn't even go into gameplay, but who cares? We'll just say it's, it's, it's just like a, condemned. It's like an it looks like condemned or a, yeah yeah yep. Cool. Condemned, but um, real good character customization with the um, with the ornaments after each. Like- oh, that's right. We kept forgetting about the ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Yeah, the Raven just is just into accessories. So yeah, every mission you just get to throw on a different scarf. You know, nice like bracelets. He certainly know. got a big feather boa scarf for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then it's just that thing where like there's all, it's the rest of the game is totally serious, but. It's all the like in-engine cutscenes that use all your accessories uh, that you've put on at the start of the at the start of the mission, just for a, a touch of wackiness in there. 
Mm. Nice. I like I like the idea because you know maybe it was back when electricity wasn't really around, and he's using these lanterns with the candles that are made from the victims' actual oh, yeah. fat. Doesn't even realize right away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love the I love that idea of them the fir- like the first time just walking in on this lovely scene with these candles lit and this dinner set and and then realizing, you know, as their eyes adjust to the to everything around them that there's just this ball of flesh in the corner and blood everywhere and oh <laughs> yeah, I, I would play this game. So oh. would I. It'd yeah. be creepy as anything, but mm. I reckon we should go on to our last segment. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, so, what we're going to do here, Brandon, is we're going to ask you a question. Okay. What is your most anticipated game at the moment? What are, you um, are we are we limiting it to just this year or sort of um, irrespective and just it's been announced? As far as you want to irrespective. go. Irrespective. Yep. yep. Ooh, see, at, at this stage, it's probably a toss-up between um, Red Dead Redemption 2 and The Last of Us 2, I'd say. Both... Big, massive open world, sort of third person, um, dramatic thrill rides, uh, really tight combat, great characters. Love the originals of both. Uh, beyond excited. Beyond excited. It's hard because so many games that I've been hyped for have all just come out in the last few months. So, yeah, the, no, the landscape has been a great year. <laughs> all right. Well, I think let's do The Last of Us. Yeah, same here. So, what we're going to do is we're going to throw away everything you know about The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. And we're going to come up with a game idea just based on the name. Okay. Uh, okay. I so like we're going to. I think we'll just. Do we want to go with The Last of Us Two? And oh, definitely. Ima- imagine it, a it's full a sequel game. to a game that you don't know anything about. Yep, that was called The Last of Us. We'll figure out what that means. All right. So The Last of Us. Um, that makes me think of just like obviously you know maybe something dystopic, dystopic future where there's been some big event that's left very few people left behind. It was the great alien invasion that, that stemmed the, the vegetable apocalypse. <laughs> so this is like, okay, so this is what happened to the humans as part of that alien invasion. Yes. Uh, maybe it's the other side. Okay, so maybe <laughs> maybe the first game, it wasn't actually Star Wars. It was the, it was just called The Last of Us. And then this is the sequel where you see it from the other side as mm. the humans. <laughs> okay, actually, what if, what if The Last of Us... Is the alien invasion like the aliens are the last of their race, and they okay. they're coming to try and terraform this this world to, right, to be so suited they... suited to to their physiology. So are they vegetable like? I th- I think so. Or is it just that that the, the the sort of terraforming chemicals and and things that they put down onto the planet happen to turn vegetables sentient? But there's some other purpose. Yeah, I, I think maybe that second route. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling almost like a civilization sort of um, mechanic to it, where you're sort of yeah terraforming and, and trying to oh, to make okay. make Earth livable and inhabitable for your for your species. And all right. So are we still? If we're still tying this into Star Wars, I like that because part of what you have to go up against is these ravaging bands of vegetables. Mm. Uh, but but the main gameplay is yeah you're the last of an alien race, I mean maybe it's not even all set on Earth maybe you're sort of going planet to planet trying to, uh yeah trying to terraform these planets into something that that you can live on and breed on and 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 continue your race. I like that idea, kind of like the migration 
habits that you know was happening in like the Americas and that sort of stuff, where you come to a certain area, you totally strip it back, then you move on to the next area and strip it back and move on to the next area. That's what these um, aliens are doing. Well, well each, not, each no, not stripping worlds. it back, like. It's more of a Johnny Appleseed sort of thing. You're going world to world, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, uh, you yeah, you are using the resources, obviously, but you're like putting a foothold there to to you know continue your civilization. So I mean, I guess it's sort of a little bit of a four X game, but with this with this hook of you know you are you are literally the last of your race. So do you, do you come up against? I mean. Uh, other than the sentient vegetables on Earth that you manage, you inadvertently create, do you come up against other races on these different planets? Like, what are the sort of what are the obstacles against? Breeding? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, the universe is just dying, so it's it's almost a race to for surviving of all these these various alien races um, trying to inhabit and and make these uh these respective planets livable for for their certain race so maybe some things you terraform are a detriment to others like that'll buff you and and sort of uh you know cause them harm and vice versa so i don't, I don't know yeah well that makes me that makes me actually think rather than like you know an entire universe or even a galaxy that it's a much smaller scale and it's sort of set in a just a single solar system where there's limited number of planets limited number of resources Mm. And yeah, so anything you do is going to affect the other people that are trying to live on these different planets, or or, or push push back and forward between them. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff there. I'm trying to, it's really hard, isn't it? Trying to, I'm trying to bring a twist into it that's really going <laughs> to like spark that imagination around it. Okay, so what about what about a, another alien race that is coming to literally destroy all the civilization that you've you've put up to? So, You've got to you've got to try and come up with some defenses against against this other this other alien race that is has literally wiped out the last five worlds that you and your team have in, inhabited. This is your last stand because it's the last of you. Yeah, so you could sort of balance going back to those old destroyed planets and, and researching sort of the the damaged resources and, and sort of what they've done to work out their weaknesses, but you sort of got to juggle. Your terraforming as as, a, as well as the research on on this this ultimate evil deity that's sort of coming through, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm still just trying to like, <laughs> like it's a solid it's a solid game idea. There's some good stuff there, but yeah, I'm trying to find that real hook. The hook is that that uh the the yam from um Star Wars, you know, he comes back and saves the day, or, or that magical Twinkie that we talked about way back when. <laughs> the magical Twinkie takes him into his abandoned shack, and he shows him the kung fu movie, and they all go, "We know kung fu." Exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's how you. That's how you beat the big bad. It's just kung fu. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we um, maybe we try Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I'd just keep on taking that. I'd take that to a western, and that's pretty much what that is. <laughs> so, well, yeah, but but we can we can come up with we can come up with something different from that title. Dead, I'm thinking something to do. Well, I guess they did this a little bit already, but like zombies or the undead. What sort of undead are red? <laughs> is there any red undead? Yeah, I got nothing. Nah. 
All right. Well, do we just end it there then? Golly, golly. It's a shame to end to. it on on a on a on a bit of a dead note, but do we, yeah, like we could work definitely more with that The Last of Us concept. I think like it could be the last of a last of a of race. You could yeah. be the last of a species. Maybe maybe it's a reversal, and you're the last the, the last human on Earth, and there's you know tying into those monsters. It's just a world laden with vampires, and you're literally the only one left, and you're the only food source left for them. Oh, I like that actually. So okay. it, it's a stealth game where you where you literally um, trying to trying to get away from like the classic universal monsters. Mm. Um, so you got the vampires and the ve- werewolves and the like Frankenstein's monsters. <laughs> Frankenstein's monsters. He's always so hard done by though. Like he's always the the innocent character that's just made out to be evil because he looks bad. Yeah. I, f- I feel bad for Frankenstein's monster. What else you got there? The Wolfman. The Mummy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Invisible Man. That one's going to be tough. Mm. I guess he's got the bandages. Maybe the Invisible Man's sort of on your side. Maybe he's there, sort of, he's got this ulterior motive that you only find out gradually as the game progresses, and he's trying to help you get to, I don't know, this source of evil power that you need to destroy. Yeah, but somehow... He he's he's I don't know. We find out that he's immune to this thing getting destroyed, and then he's the most powerful being on on Earth. Or I, oh, I don't know. okay, ends up being the villain. Yeah, who yeah. you think is on your side the whole time. Yeah, that's cool. And there's some real deception he could do there because he's fucking invisible. So like, you never even know if you really if you you know what he's doing. Who you talking? Maybe to. there's something you can do in each level that you actually find out that he's he's just standing in a position watching you. <laughs> Think, maybe I, you can do some really you, so. interesting stuff with an invisible character and how, yeah, like things, how, how you would, like an invisible sidekick. Yeah, you, playing you, you could take control of him at certain um, junctures in the game to get through areas and, and, and create confusion amongst enemies and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the idea of him like walking through, I don't know, like an area with a lot of dust or like water dripping or something. And just the visuals of that, mm. you could do some cool stuff with modern graphics. Um, Did you? Have, I just think of Hollow Man. Remember Hollow Man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but the steam. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, steam, yeah. Steam. Um, you go into a bakehouse and you get covered in flour. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's there's the crossover to that Raven game we talked of earlier. Oh, God. We're just, we're just making a universe like a la Stephen King. We've just got all these oh, threads weaving through, and I love it. This is our new, like, yeah, cinematic universe of Bitstorm. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I like- Okay, I like- So, let's let's break this down. So, you're the last human on Earth. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, you're fighting against the- You're, like, have, trying to have hide- it on your continent, because you don't know what's happening on all the continents, but you right. you know that- So, has there been an uprising of monsters, and they're all the classic- They're all the classic universal monsters. Yep. Um, you- But the- Okay, and the Invisible Man's come to you, and it's a third-person action with- And the Invisible Man plays you, as your sidekick as you go through. All right. Yep. Ob- obviously, I think that the main sort of- figureheads or bosses of, of the game would be you know the the, the head head werewolf head vampire and whatnot and, and sort of so it, it junctures throughout the game you, you've got to dethrone or, or eliminate those those respective monsters and maybe that then severely reduces that population you know i don't know if we yeah. go into that vampire law where you kill the head vampire and you know they all die and things like that 
Well, I think even just as you go through the game, you can be going, yeah, coming up against or introducing new monster types um, as you go to get, you know, have different strategies, harder to kill in different ways. Mm. How are werewolves going to work, though? Given that they only come out during the full moon, do they just look like human, like, the rest of the time? Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's hard maybe if we stick to the law. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it they've is. just turned permanent werewolf. Yeah, I think so. I think they just have to be... Permanent werewolf. Human, yeah. Humanoid wolves. Yeah, maybe this all started from, you know, scientists gene splicing, um, and it, I don't know, triggered this this strain of, of monster <laughs> through people. <laughs> that that nutmeg mad yeah, scientist is I back. Mean, that's a, <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy. <laughs> Uh yeah he he was trying to do um he was trying to do cumin and, it, and for some reason it, <laughs> it just started turning people into monsters. Mm, cumin does that to people. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just amused. I'm on the Wikipedia page for Universal Monsters, and uh, in this list of the films that are in the canon is Abbott and Costello. So I think maybe they're like the final boss. <laughs> maybe they <laughs> kick this whole thing off. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you just you just come up against Abbott and Costello at the end. And- How in the hell do they fall into the law? How? Apparently, they're like in a bunch of the movies. Oh wow! With with some of the characters, like they did Abbott and Costello meet the mummy and stuff. <laughs> uh, Hollywood cinema. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I think that about right. does it. Well, let's <laughs> leave it there. We pulled something out of it. Yep. It, um that that's the that's the bargain bin purchase, I think. Sadly. <laughs> the Last of Us revisioned. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the Last of Us Universal Monsters. <laughs> Alright. Uh well, thanks for joining us today on Bitstorm, everybody. Um thanks for joining us, Brendan. That was great. Thank you for having me. Hopefully uh I didn't cause too much trouble. Oh god, no, no! There was some great stuff in there, as usual. We we always we always take it to some fun places. Yeah, so uh, we're going to finish up there. Uh, Brendan, do you just want to let our listeners know where they can find you online? Uh, you can literally find me everywhere at Brendan Eight Bit A T E B I T. Um, yeah, on on every any every one of your social media hubs, find every me social or, media. Or, or lurking in in dark alleys between ten and two is another place you can probably find me. So. <laughs> In Sydney, correct? Yeah, in Sydney. In Sydney. <laughs> Again, thank you, guys. It's been a hell of a ton of fun. Um, had a great time. Hopefully, uh, I can come back sometime in the future and uh, talk oh, more definitely. leafy combat games. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's the end of our episode. Uh, I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Your turn, Brendan. Oh, sorry. I, I wasn't sure if that was there was a cue there. I- I'm Brendan White. <laughs> So, a game where you play a root vegetable fighting the leafy vegetable horde? I play that.